Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. Hi everyone, with us today, we are so excited to have another Extraordinary Educator from our class of 2022, Hannah Grayson, who is an English teacher at IS318 in New York. So welcome, Hannah. We're so happy to have you here. Hello. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, we'll go ahead and get started. Yes, my name is Hannah Grayson. I'm an English teacher in Brooklyn, New York um, at IS318. Um, I teach three seventh grade honors classes, ELA, and I also am the coordinator for the special education intervention program. So I work with all three grades, um, helping them to create pacing and intervention for our special education students. That's amazing, Hannah. So how has your school year been going? Tell us a little bit about what it's been like, our students back in classes, and how how, how are things in Brooklyn? Well, I mean, Brooklyn is a little chaotic, <laughs> only because it's Brooklyn, um, but it's, it's, it's been a lot. Um, you know, every school was trying to find a way to meet the gaps that occurred during, you know, remote learning, um, either the academic gaps as well as the socio-emotional gaps that, you know, so many kids experience trauma. So we're we're not um, devoid of that. We've also had to meet those gaps as well. So it's just been a lot of trying to come together, come up with plans for our students, um, and, you know, I already was a big help with that as well, because I, um, you know, um, I, when I, I actually transferred schools, I was in Far Rockaway and I came to the new school with a bunch of data and we were able to find a, way, a mainstream way to be able to assess our students and have great conversations. And so we've been utilizing, utilizing that since the first day, really like being able to see where they were at in September and then seeing growth and being able to talk to them and talk to families. So that's been really um, instrumental for us um, as well this school year. And then just trying to make sure that, you know, we're always culturally responsive and having a lot of conversations with students, um, you know, still trying to talk through these conversations around masks and, and COVID and, you know, testing kits and all of that stuff, but still trying to maintain like a great classroom culture. So it's been challenging, but I feel like the kids are so happy to be back in school and we're so happy to have them back. So it's, it's just been, it's been, a, it's been a great year so far. That's great. It sounds like you are doing a lot. Yeah. So describe a little bit about some of the strategies you have been utilizing to help students kind of transition back or connect with each other. Like you mentioned social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned conversations with students and families around their data. So what's what's working? And if other educators are listening that they can pick up on some some tips um, that's that's working really well for you. Yeah, um, I feel like for me, it's been using multiple media like media and platforms like 
you know, the kids spent a lot of times on a, a lot of time on the computer. So I felt like it was it didn't make sense to just totally strip them away from that. So as much as possible, still having like a video within the instruction, having multiple ways for them to express their learning, like just this um over the break, I just gave them for Black History Month. I had we had went and watched a bunch of speeches right before we left. And then I told them to record a flip grid, either reciting a, a famous speech from an African-American person or creating a speech of their own, which they've like the speeches that I'm seeing are just amazing. And, you know, just not always having them feel like they have to do an assignment one way, giving them choice. <laughs> and of course, we incorporate. I'm still giving them essays and still giving them all those things because I feel like that's so necessary. But then also sprinkling in other ways for them to express themselves and feel comfortable and excited about learning. Um, and then as much as possible, I like to have my room in a big circle instead of just like the traditional four desks in a row so that we can all look at each other and we can all talk and, and like create that safe space. So, you know, a lot of times teachers walk into my room and they're like, this is so cool. And I'm like, yeah, like this. And they're like, this, does this work? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you you mean, know, yeah, you need to look at each other sometimes. I was going to say, you make it sound so easy the way you just described so many best practices <laughs> that when you think of a middle school classroom, you don't think of desks in a circle. You don't think mm-hmm. of um, students being assessed in other ways than a standardized test or whatnot. But you just gave so many things that your students probably appreciate so much, whether it's just being able to have a conversation, seeing each other, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or like you said, finding different ways to express their learning. So that's really, really great to hear. And thank you for sharing those. I'm sure um, folks listening will find it very, very helpful. <laughs> I will. I would love to dive more into like the social emotional piece. Cause you mentioned, you know, how, when they came back, there were academic gaps and of course, mm-hmm. social emotional gaps. I'm curious, like you teach three classes. That's a lot of students. Mm-hmm. How do you work on for a middle school teacher establishing relationships or, or helping with the social emotional piece when you only see your students, you know, for a short amount of time a day and you have three classes and you have a, a lot of students. Yeah, definitely. Um, there are, I mean, this is a, this sounds very simple, but there are some like very cool mood meters out there. Um, and you know, like the funny cats with the different tails, my tail is wide, straight up, that means I'm feeling excited or whatever, and it's swooped down, I'm feeling pouty or whatever. And then they have ones that are like basketball players sliding around and miss, missing the basket or Spider Man. So I like to do the mood meter, that's like a like a no risk type of thing and you know kids don't feel bad about expressing themselves that way with the mood meters um I feel like you know um just the discussion groups I having myself myself available before and after class is always like a big deal um making sure to talk to parents a lot you know um the parents give you great intel about you know their kid and what's been going on and sometimes that information helps with you trying to understand where 90 kids are coming from. Um, you know, the parent is happy, but then also you have like a little um, information for yourself. And I know like for teachers, it's so hard to like, the phone calls has always been the hardest thing for me because I'm just like, I want a lesson plan. I want to do this. And, you know, but the phone calls are like, I think are so important um, in really getting to know who your kids are. So. So again, in a short 
explanation. You just shared so many wonderful best strategies <laughs> from the mood meters. It's so critical yeah. to check in on students. And then the calls home, that must make a huge difference. I mean, I think yeah. that it's been interesting to see the important roles that families do play. A lot of educators uh, doubled down on that through the last couple of years. So it's wonderful to hear that. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Are there any last bit of advice or last parting words you want to share with the educators um, before we wrap up? Well, I'm just I'm just thankful that you guys had me here. I, I'm, I feel so grateful to be a part of this community and just be able to learn from peers and, you know, get get great tips constantly. And, you know, the swag bags are also amazing. But <laughs> But I just I just love being a part of this because we all need thought partners. So I just appreciate you guys so much. Well, the feeling is mutual. Thank you so much, Hannah, for being here and for sharing your insights with us. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady. Please be sure to tag us in your post too so we can see the amazing work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We're here for you. Now more than ever, remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.